Today on Broadway for Monday, May 6, 2019, I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, did you celebrate or survive, perhaps is more appropriate, uh, both Star Wars Day and Cinco de Mayo? Uh, well, I went to the melting pot. Oh, the Great American Melting Pot? The Great American Melting Pot. Splishing <laughs> and a splashing. I, I do love me some melting pot. I haven't been there in years, but I, I do love melting pot. It's restaurant week, so today's the last day. Uh, Sunday night. Oh. Sunday is the last day of restaurant week. So we uh, had some family friends, and we all got together, went to the melting pot. So I guess we really uh, celebrated those two holidays in our own way. <laughs> is, it, is it similar to Broadway and Off-Broadway week, like buy one, get one free? Is that how that works for restaurant week? Uh, I think every uh, restaurant kind of got their own thing. Melting pot is just like $30 a head instead of $50 a head or something like that. Yeah, because melting pot's a little weird because it's all, a lot of it's shared anyway. Yeah. All right, good. I'm glad you had a good time. Um, A couple other things we want to talk about real quick. On Sunday, before you went to the melting pot, you had a new episode of This Week on Broadway where you spoke with Peter and Michael about a whole host of... uh, Some random-ish things, because so many of the bigger shows have already opened. Uh, Michael did give his thoughts on Tootsie, but he also, James, said something that made me incredibly jealous. I've never been more jealous of Michael Portantier in my life. Uh, But that is the fact that he will be interviewing Celia Keenan-Bolger over at Ripley Greer, I believe, uh, this week. So um, if anyone knows, I... Love me some Suya Keenan Bolger. She says hi to me every time I get a text message. Uh, so I'm very jealous. But if you want to be there in the room where the interview happens, uh, you can email Michael at Michael at BroadwayStars.com and he can uh, get your name on the list. It's like five bucks if you're not a member of the Dramatist. So uh, very, very jealous of Michael, uh, but hope that it is a good interview nonetheless. I was also jealous of Michael because he uh, talked to John Rubenstein uh, about the Fosse Verdon. You know, John is John was in Pippin, and the original Pippin, Pippin yeah. version. So, uh, got some interesting in- info there. But more, I, I think, more importantly, is that um, we were so excited about two shows that Peter really gave high marks to: the Poor, uh, the Poor of New York, and the Franco Rami Project. Um, Peter was over the moon about these two very tiny shows and hoping that they get picked up, uh, that we actually forgot to talk about the Tony Awards and the Theater World Awards. And <laughs> while, while, we were, uh, while we were signing off at the end, I was like, oh, yeah, we didn't talk about those things. So if you, we talk about Theater World Awards and the Tony nominations at the very end of this week on Broadway uh, for May 5th. So uh, good discussion there. Awesome. All right. So first up in the news, Broadway's going to get a little bit ironic this fall. Well, I might quibble with the use of the word ironic uh, a little bit, uh, but it was confirmed on Friday that Alanis Morissette's musical Jagged Little Pill will be coming to Broadway this fall as expected at the Broadhurst Theater. Performances will begin on November 3rd with an opening night set for December 5th. There are various pre-sales running now through May 23rd when the on-sale period uh, opens for the general public. The show features the iconic music written by Morissette and Glenn Ballard and has a book by uh, Academy Award winner Diablo Cody, Diane Paulus will direct, and the newly available go-to jukebox musical arranger and orchestrator Tom Kitt 
is also on board. There's been no official word on the casting for the Broadway run, James, but many of those that were featured in the cast of the American Repertory Theater run in Cambridge, Massachusetts last spring and summer shared the announcement on social media. So I'd imagine that they at least expect to be continuing with the show. Uh, I don't know if uh, contracts have been issued or not, but uh, a lot of them seem to be at least excited about the show coming to Broadway with or without them. Um, If you would like to hear how this show is tackling Morissette's music, it's not like straight like from the radio into the show. As we said, Tom Kidd is doing some arranging and orchestrating. The show did release a recording of the song You Learn, which was recorded by the world premiere cast. We will have a link in the show notes if you want to hear that. But James, this is the 12th show of the 2019-2020 Broadway season to at least officially announce Broadway dates. There are a couple that have announced uh, their dates, but no theater, which generally means they have a theater and they don't want to make it known that the show before them is going to be closing. But there's 12 shows, a dozen shows that at least have Broadway dates. And obviously some of these are going to not live up to expectations. There's going to be some clunkers. But with what we know so far, it's shaping up to be a phenomenal season. Really, twelve show. I'm, I'm so glad you're you're quantifying this because I, I I started to think about this. I was like, yeah, that's an awful lot of shows, and it would be uh, ironic if um, some of these. Don't you think? <laughs> don't you think? Don't you think? A little if, too ironic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, are we putting the cart before the horse? We still have a whole Tony Award season left to get through here. Yes, but James, you know uh, I love my spreadsheets. Yeah. I, oh, no, I have no, my wall absolutely. with the red yarn. Uh, Frankie and Johnny had already started previews. I started previews last oh, week. That's right. We, we've got Moulin Rouge starting rehearsals this week. Then we have Seawall and a Life starting in, uh, in, in July. Then we've got a bunch of the Freedmen shows, about the MCC shows, the Second Stage shows, Height of the Storm, Linda Vista. We have Tina. We have Jagged Little Pill. We have West Side Story. We have Grand Horizons. We have My Name is Lucy Barton, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, and Take Me Out. It's a lot of really good stuff. So I, I'm excited. And, of course, there's always rumors of things that may or may not be coming. Some are stronger rumors. Uh, some are not so strong rumors. But I, I really think this is going to end up being a fantastic season from top to bottom. Uh, and that's not to discount this past season, but um, I, I think this is going to be a uh, one for the record books, James, a really, really fantastic season all around. Um, you can stay quiet or you can answer this question. Has uh, Have we heard any further rumors about uh, Bob Dylan's show, Girl from the North Country? All right. So um, I was wondering about that because the uh, Alanis Morissette musical, I wonder if that's going to be similar in style of how they're going to present that. But folks that saw it up at ART gave it pretty good thumbs up. Yeah. For the, the the one thing about the Jagged Little Pill reviews were that it was crammed too tight with plot points and maybe too many things going on there. So they might want to trim things down. Um, let's just say we've got Moulin Rouge, which I guess you could probably call a jukebox show. It was a jukebox movie first, uh, but you've got Tina, you've got Jagged Little Pill. There will be another show or two, uh, maybe three, who knows, at least one other jukeboxy show coming in this season. Okay, up next, we have some other awards announcements. Yes, James. Last night, Mike Birbiglia hosted the 34th annual Lucille Lortel Awards at the NYU Skirball Center. We are court recording 
literally seconds after the awards ended. So I'm just going to run through some of the winners in the outstanding play category. Uh, Passover is the winner. Outstanding musical. My favorite show of 2018. Rags Parkland sings the songs of the future. Outstanding revival went to Carmen Jones. Uh, outstanding solo show went to Fleabag. Um, if I'm scrolling through here, outstanding lead actor in a play went to Juan Cast uh, Castano from the transfers. Outstanding lead actress in a play went to Quincy Tyler Bernstein for Mary's sequel. Outstanding featured actor in a play went to Gabriel Ebert for Passover. Outstanding featured actress in a play went to Crystal Lucas Perry for Ain't No Mo. Outstanding lead actor in a musical went to Steven Skybell from Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. Outstanding lead actress in a musical went to Anika Noni Rose for Carmen Jones. Outstanding featured actor in a musical went to George Salazar for Be More Chill. Outstanding featured actress in a musical went to Sayora Joy Ross from Carmen Jones. We will have the complete list of all of the winners in the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com if you want to check that out. I, I love some of these winners, James. Some of my favorite things of 2018 were recognized. So I love that uh, the Off-Broadway League does these because so often the Off-Broadway shows get overwhelmed in competition with the with the Broadway shows. So having the, the, the fact that Rags Parkland gets recognized, Carmen Jones gets recognized, Fleabag gets recognized, uh, I'm really, really pumped about that. We talked on this week on Broadway about how we thought George Salazar got overlooked in the Tony Awards, so I'm excited that uh, Off-Broadway League has uh, has uh, given him this award. And it's interesting that we don't see any of the others that were the big Off-Broadway uh, names. The, the Hadestown, was Hadestown not eligible for this type of an award thing? or Well, no, because it, it was, it was Off-Broadway in 2016, so it would have been— Oh, was it that far ago? It was. It was 2016, seen, I believe. Oh, that's right, because yeah, they or, did their uh, London and their Canadian production. Yeah, so 2016 yeah. or 2017, I might be wrong on that, but it wasn't this season. To, yeah, yeah. For, forgot about that. And then Girl from the North Country, that was also the big rage and talked about transfers. And was the St. Anne's Warehouse, Oklahoma, too long ago? Or was uh, that not considered because it's in Brooklyn? Correct. I don't think that was considered because it, it was not technically off Broadway. Girl from the North Country did have nominations. It just did not. Uh, uh, it just did not win. So, um, like Sidney James Harcourt was nominated um, for best supporting actor or best featured actor in a musical. He is somebody who I think very well might have some Tony consideration uh, this time next year. Um, so, uh, I mean, if that show were to transfer, so uh, it was definitely in there. It was also nominated for um, Outstanding Musical. So we'll see what happens, but I, I love the fact that we're getting winners. That's fantastic. Yeah, and Classic Stage Company, uh, that Carmen Jones was much, much talked about, so that's awesome that that's also been recognized. All right, up next we have some other award announcements. Yes, we do. James, tis the season after all. First up, on Friday, the Actors' Equity Association announced a pair of awards. First, their foundation, the Actors' Equity Foundation, announced the 2019 Clarence Derwent Awards for Most Promising Female and Male Performers on the New York Metropolitan Scene. This year's recipients were Sarah Stiles from Tootsie and Ephraim Sykes from Ain't Too Proud. The foundation also announced the winners for the Richard Seff Award presented to veteran character actors for the best performance in a support role in a Broadway or off-Broadway production. This year, they went to True West's Mary Louise Burke and Hadestown's Andre DeShields. Uh, Andre might be getting some other awards this, uh, he this spring. He might be, yeah. I <laughs> he think very so, well yeah. could be. Um, but uh, moving from equity to Emmy, 
over the weekend, the daytime Emmy Awards were announced, and I am keeping one eye on the uh, the live stream because uh, so far Haley Aaron has won Best Young a- Younger Actress for playing Kiki Jerome on General Hospital, and Max Gale uh, also won uh, for for General Hospital. I don't know what category Best Supporting Actor, uh, but he was fantastic. They were both fantastic. Anyway, on Saturday, the Creative Arts Awards were presented, and the band's visit won the award for Best Daytime Performance. The Today Show performance was of Answer Me and featured the entire cast. So. I guess they're all Emmy winners now, James. I can never figure this out or the Grammys, at least the Grammys usually tell you who they honor, but I guess everybody is an Emmy winner, which I just don't, it doesn't make sense, but whatever. Congratulations. I don't begrudge anyone saying they're an Emmy winner, but it just seems very odd for a four minute performance to get somebody an Emmy, especially if they are just like playing the fiddle or whatever it is. (laughs) <laughs> I saw a headline over at Variety earlier uh, over the weekend that said Katrina Link uh, uh, got credit for this this Emmy. So, and I'm not sure if it was her alone or her with others, but they were putting her on the EGOT watch. Well, uh, I'm looking at Deadline's recap of all of them, and it says the cast of the band's visit, Katrina Link, then Tony Shalhoub, John Cariani, Ariel Stachel, Georgia Budd, Etai Benson, Adam Cancer, Cantor, Andrew Polk, and then everybody else, including like the musicians. So I think everybody gets it, which, I, again, don't begrudge them. I just yeah. think it's a dumb rule. I mean, I thought it was dumb when they they started it with uh, the color purple and 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 Dear Evan Hansen did it too. Again, nothing with those shows. It's just like the Emmy should go to the program that has it because it has to do with the camera angles, the booking, the sound. That's really what it who should be getting it. You know, I just you know, it's just like the show when when like the Today Show wins. That doesn't mean that like the hosts get the award, the producers get the award, the show gets the award. To me, that's how this should be done as well. But whatever, put Katrina on the uh, EGOT list. She's got three, I guess now, right? Because they won the uh, that. She just needs the Oscar. So bring it on. Yeah, and uh, and speaking of today's show, we should make sure that Matt Lauer sits in the penalty box for another twenty five years. <laughs> Make sure the door is locked behind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you get an Emmy, and you get an Emmy, and you get it, but not you, Matt. Not you. <laughs> not me. Other no, the other Lauer. Matt, Matt Lauer. Yeah, yeah, I will take exactly. an Emmy. I will yeah, take one. and you deserve one. <laughs> and, you know. The Daily Theater Podcast Emmys. Yes, I deserve yeah, one. Exactly. At least, at least one of two people that deserve one. Some I, I gave somebody a Tony last week that didn't get a Tony. I forget who it was. Anyway, uh, what do we have in this week's award season schedule? Okay, so this is a little different. I'm kind of shaking up our our weekly schedule thing here, but it's fairly quiet on the awards front, James. The New York Drama Critics Circle will announce their winners this evening, and this – This is a different kind of deal here, James. They don't have a big fancy ceremony. In fact, they don't have a ceremony at all. Instead, they meet at 4 p.m. tonight, this afternoon, and then release the winners afterwards. You'll remember that last year they chose not to award a best musical. And uh, the organization's president, uh, Adam Feldman from Time Out New York, came on our show that night to explain that decision. I I think that they'll have something to award this year. I I feel pretty comfortable about that. Um, 
Yeah. And then later in the week on Friday, we will have this year's edition of Stars in the Alley. Alex Brightman will host and scheduled to participate are Tony nominees this season, Caitlin Kinnanen, uh, Sarah Stiles, who I mentioned before, along with Jen Colella, Andrew Barth Feldman, Jeremy Jordan, George Salazar, Michaela Diamond, Rob McClure, Jared Spector, Stephanie Stiles, and many, many more performances will begin at 1 p.m. And be on the lookout. I don't know this as a fact, but um, – I think there might be some sort of casting announcement that has to tie in with Stars in the Alley, too. I don't know this to be a fact, but just looking at some of the schedules and some of the people who were announced to be performing and who weren't being announced to be performing, I would not be surprised if either at Stars in the Alley or in the days leading up that we get one or maybe two upcoming tours uh, announcing announcing their casts. So just based off like when rehearsals start and when performances start, I think that should be coming this week and perhaps in conjunction with Stars in the Alley. Uh, anyway, finally, on Friday night, Tony winner Cynthia Erivo and I guess <laughs> Emmy winner as well. Um, Cynthia Erivo, uh, her live from Lincoln Center concert will air on PBS. Check your local listings for time and channel. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your week with us. And Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow.